Welcome to our podcast, where we discuss mindful consumption, personal style, and the quest for living a more intentional life. I'm Alyssa, and I'm a sustainable stylist. I'm Christina, a shopaholic turned minimalist-ish. And I'm Sina, a color consultant and slow fashion style coach. Together, we will unpack the nuances of what it really means to be a conscious consumer and find more joy in what we have right now. So grab your tea, your coffee, whatever your favorite drink of choice is, and join us in the conversation. Let's go. Woo, yay. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about what slow fashion really means. I think it's um, a confusing topic for many people. Um, And I actually found this article on the um, Good On You uh, website. So I'm just going to read the, these a few lines about slow fashion. So put simply, slow fashion is the opposite of fast fashion. It encompasses an awareness and approach to fashion that considers the processes and resources required to make clothing. It advocates for buying better quality garments that will last longer and values fair treatment of people, animals, and the planet along the way. Whereas fast fashion will only ever look at clothing as something disposable. That's I like solid. it. It is solid. Nowhere does it say that you can't own fast fashion and participate in slow fashion. I just, I dropped that bomb right away. Sorry, guys. Totally. <laughs> no, it's so funny because I think people have this automatic view that like slow fashion only has to be expensive or only people, you know, with yeah. uh, like affluent finances can participate or that you have to only buy like bamboo, onion skin dye true. pants. Yeah. Like, <laughs> thing, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. true. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Completely agree. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I mean slow fashion definitely has like similarities with, you know, there are other terms like sustainable fashion, ethical fashion, we've all heard it. Um and I think they're all kind of intertwined. Um, but I think slow fashion is definitely my favorite choice of phrase when it comes to like describing um, like this 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 better and kinder way of consuming fashion and approaching mm-hmm. fashion. Yeah. Um, so what is I, it? I'm sorry. I, I was going to ask, like, what does it mean? How does it look in your life? Slow fashion. Yeah. Um, I think for me, like, it's really like simply just like being better at using what you have like like just as in the, the phrase refers to like slowing down and being better at like looking inward and appreciating what you already have right in front of you because that's the thing right when you have we live in like a limitless world we can buy a lot of things and we 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 have there's almost no limitations to what we can consume and it's so easy to forget to appreciate what you already have when you always have um your sight on the next that next new thing that you want to to buy and add to your wardrobe totally which honestly <clears throat> admittedly for me as like a someone who struggles with has struggled with overconsumption in the past and I think um I've also struggled with like defining and yeah just name like telling myself like when is when is consumption okay versus not because I came from such an extreme of constantly overconsuming and emotionally spending. So for me personally, as I started at, at like in my full tilt shopaholism, I was like, you know, your definition of a overconsumer is a fast fashion 
consumption queen <laughs> for sure, I would say, um, which I think is not uncommon. Um, you know, wanting more for less money, uh, ways to sort of distract yourself with shopping. I think part of the reason that fast fashion and overconsumption is a problem is because a lot of us use shopping as our like number one form of escapism. And it's not necessarily about the stuff. It's more about, you know, alleviating boredom, um, mm. trying to escape, self-medicating, treating yourself, that kind of thing. And it's just like, for me, for a long time, like I didn't know what to do with myself if I wasn't shopping, whether it be online or in person. So when I was trying to address those behaviors, for me, I, in the past, took it to such an extreme where it was like, I'm on this side of the spectrum of over-consumer, consume, consume, consume. And now I'm on the other side where mm -hmm. any and all consumption of anything is bad and... Yeah. Um, so maybe like it's a, about like learning to figure out who you are, like starting yeah. out, like figuring out who are you if you're not shopping? Like, what do you actually like doing with your life? Totally. Yeah. So it's like, in terms of like the slow fashion conversation for me, what I've really just been exploring is like, yes, it's like, what does slower consumption mean? What does less even mean when it taught when we're talking about consuming? You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, what's slow? How do we define that? That's kind of where I'm sort of exploring. Yeah. That's where I'm hanging out right now. Ooh. What does it look like for you right now? Yeah, I'm still figuring that out for me because I created, for me, I was like in this space of like where buying anything was like a personal failing of mine mm -hmm. because I was in such the extreme of overconsuming where it's like if I bought anything, it's like, oh, well, you F that up and you shouldn't be mm -hmm. buying anything. Kind of like a very extreme minimalism sort of space. So for me now, I think it's really about like, what does my authentic self really enjoy doing? And this might sound bad, but I enjoy shopping. Mm -hmm. I enjoy buying clothes and playing with fashion. Um, so for me, trying to find that middle ground is like, um, because part of my my thing too was also like a financial, um, a financial issue where I would overspend, be in debt, all that stuff. So it's like in my consumption, it's there's some constraints and boundaries that I've set in this in the sense of like, what's my budget? What can I afford to buy right now? How do I create a plan or let myself sleep on it to buy this thing? And then for me, like lately, I've been I've been buying like a couple of things every month, but also doing a sort of one in one out method, sort of decluttering these things, selling things, consigning things, giving things to family to sort of maintain a net neutral in my own wardrobe. Um, but I do feel like it's important to be in a space where you can enjoy what you enjoy guilt-free, but mm -hmm. still being conscious of like, what's too much, what's too much for me? Am I leaning back into that extreme kind of thing? Mm. That was really interesting. I liked yeah. hearing that. I think it's cool because you came from a place, I mean, you kind of came at it from both places, the mm -hmm. extreme overconsumption and the minimalism. And I like what you talked about, like, I, and I just have to point out, it was so interesting because you were like, maybe this is bad, but I like shopping. And I don't think anything that you enjoy is bad. I think, and I think that's what 
the point is missed so often in these conversations around slow fashion and sustainability. I think it's like, as humans, we are so, we feel so much more comfortable when we can label and categorize things as like bad or good or yeah. like, you know, and I get so many questions around like, what's the perfect number of items to have in my closet? Yeah, yeah. Dude, I don't know. Yeah. Are you a diplomat? Are you a nurse? Are you a mom? Like, this is different for, there is no, mm -hmm. what, what's important is that you're aware of your choices and they align with your own personal values. And that's going to look mm. completely different yep. for everyone. So for me, I think also what's really important in terms of the definition of slow fashion as in, like, as individuals is defining what your what your slow fashion values are and mm. for me I say this on the channel all the time my value primarily is longevity so from a construction and an aesthetic perspective so I know I'm gonna have these pieces in my closet probably for at least five years provided I can fit into them for the next five years <laughs> so yeah. that to me that's yep. the definition of for me slow fashion yeah, agree. I don't know. I don't know if I went on a little bit of a yeah. No, I completely no, agree. I, like I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I also like yeah. I like the way that you describe it as this mindset because I think that's what happened to me when I started like when I approached you know when I started decluttering my wardrobe when I approached capsule wardrobe and minimalism. I think where it clicked was that I just felt so much calmer and I felt so much more at peace with my mm -hmm. wardrobe. So for me, I think that's really like a big part of slow fashion to me as well, like feeling at peace and not only with like the clothes that you have in your wardrobe, but also yeah. kind of with yourself. Like I feel like personal style is so much more than the aesthetics, like it's identity work yeah. and you, you reach a level where you're fine with not having all the newest trends and not, you know, running around like a headless chicken trying to fit in and getting everyone's approval and, you know, mm -hmm. it's yeah, it's, it's just such a, a sense of, of calm to me. So I'm curious, speaking to that, do you guys have a sort of, like, what are you looking for? And what's your criteria when you decide to say yes to something new that you want to bring in? Mm -hmm. Do you want to go first? So I'm, yeah, that's such a good question, Christina. So I have kind of two, I have a list of things that I find are gaps in my closet. So I always start from the list. Yep. Um, but I'm, I'm very much about like, I love beautiful things. I love them. Yeah. I'm so like, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. I think you mm. can appreciate art and beautiful things. And yeah, maybe sometimes you want to own them. So for me, it's um, the, the biggest criteria is usually, is it on my list? Like, is it a true, true gap? That's always like number one. And then um, is it a qual like quality construction or can I get it reinforced from a tailor kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, and then, and aesthetics. Like, it has to be something that I love to yeah. wear. Like, it has to. I'm not going to buy something that I don't, that I don't feel good in. Like, sorry, I always start staring at my clothes. Like, I love, like, <laughs> I, I, no, aesthetics for me are probably number, number one. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. uh, why, what's the point? 
otherwise. Yeah. Like when you see something that you're intrigued by, it's not like for me, like for me, I'll come from a perspective of like, oh, is it in my budget? Can mm. I afford it? Can I pay cash in it? But then it's like, that's not the first thing that I see when I want something. It's like, oh, I like that. Me want ah. pretty. My uh, dinosaur brain is like, oh, I yeah. like that. But then that starts the conversation, right? Like that starts the, it's not just like, I see it, I like it, I want it, just bought it, impulse, buy it, need it. It's like, does it fit my aesthetic? Mm -hmm. Why do I like this? Is it a gap in my wardrobe? And then it's, again, it's just like slowing down from that, like a, the A to B of seeing it and then yeah. buying it. And like, regardless of I do have that, like, mm -hmm. I do have a list of questions. It's like, okay, I love this thing. It's on my list. If it's on my list, if it's not on my list, then like you have all these questions, right? And then I go down the list. Like, is mm -hmm. it from, is it secondhand? Is it from a, an ethical manufacturer? Do I know the provenance? Um, does it like your questions? Does it suit my lifestyle? Is it in my budget? And then it kind of like, and it does stem from there. But the trigger is always, like mm -hmm. you said, the trigger is, okay, this is a piece I truly love. And then oftentimes, I find the list mm. is the best, is the best yeah. gatekeeper, the list. Because even if anything, it forces you to take a pause. That's what, you know. Yeah. True, yeah. 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 And Sina, I think you shared this week that you actually made some of your own clothes. Yes. Can you talk a little bit more about that? That's another great version of slow fashion that I think many yeah. of us don't no, I just, I also just quickly wanted to say, I find it really re refreshing that you're both like being really super honest about the fact that <laughs> you love clothes. And because I think, you know, there's so much like psychology that we sometimes forget, like, that's why we love fashion. That's why we love style. And I think it's, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's so refreshing. Um, and I feel, I completely feel the same way. Like, even though I try to consume less and, mm -hmm. um, you know, I keep a list of things like this year, for example, very inspired mm -hmm. by you, Christina, I've actually, it's not a low by year, but I've made a wish list that is more, um, uh, how do you say it's, it's, it's only like 10 pieces I have on that list. Mm -hmm. And I try to challenge myself. Um, okay. So what if I buy 11 by the end of the year, it's no, no harm yeah. done there, but I really try to yeah. challenge myself. So I think the list is, is really important to me as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, um, making your own clothes or even just mending your own clothes, or if you don't have the skills yourself, like, like you mentioned, Alyssa, I, I find that really inspiring as well. Like when you buy something new to take it, you know, take it that one step further and consider would I be able to take this to a tailor if I had to at some point I really I really like that way of thinking as well and I think it's another way another level of connecting with with the clothing you have in your wardrobe and appreciate it differently um and also just like I mentioned um with that jumpsuit that I made myself it's a great reminder um to how much work actually goes into a piece of clothing like how many how much sweat and tears actually goes into a piece, a single piece of clothing. Um, and here we are, we can just like order, yeah. you know, lots of clothes online and get it shipped uh, straight to the door the next day. Um, yeah. So I think that's definitely another way of practicing slow fashion, but I totally. think it's, it's really important. Like you mentioned, it has to be something you like visually like it has to to fit with your lifestyle of course I think that's one of the other things that I definitely ask myself before I buy something new does it fit like is there is it 
compatible with my lifestyle and the life I live. Like I, I have a toddler, I have a two-year-old. So of course it has to, to, to be a functional piece as well as being something beautiful I actually want to wear. And that makes me feel amazing. Um, must be, must be mm -hmm. washable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you not wear white a lot? My sister has two kids and she's like, I cannot wear white yeah. in the I context will, of two kids. I wear white, but I only wear it if I'm in my <laughs> studio or if I go somewhere it, where there is no like child toddler hands that will stain them. <laughs> Which is, by the way, a, I think, a version of slow fashion because, yeah, you know, here's protecting. a way of protecting your clothes, oh, making yeah. them last long making them last longer or even making sure that there's something that you can true but celebrating them still yeah. and wearing yeah. them even though <laughs> they're not 100 compatible with your lifestyle it's like well mm -hmm. you know you can still find ways to wear those pieces totally. yeah totally i think the hardest part of slow fashion for me and i think maybe just for a lot of us is like yeah the it to me it's at the level of consumption i'm not like so concerned of like you know, if you, if, if like something like Shein is your most accessible um, avenue in terms of like sizing and price point, like we're in a cost of living crisis now and like things like that, but it's just um, how much use are you getting out of that piece? I think really for me, the hardest part as being like a over consumer in, <laughs> in recovery, I guess, um, and just constantly because for me it's a constant struggle it's like a, it's something that I have to actively manage all the time um it's like how do we get use and appreciation and longevity out of what we already have and how do we make that something that feels like enough because I think it's so easy to get so bored with your clothes and feel like the solution to a wardrobe that I feel bored with is to buy something new and it's just I think that for me is like where things like de-influencing anti-hauls don't buy this kind of like messaging I think that's where I think that's where we need to like focus our energy on is like how are you how to be happy with what you've got and like feel content with that because it's just so easy to buy new shit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think we spoke about this. Do either of you practice daily gratitude? No, I try. Mm. <laughs> Not okay. actively. Not yeah, daily? Like, <laughs> no? Yeah. Okay. So, like, this is so woo-woo. I've mentioned it. <laughs> I love too it. Much. But I feel I like, it, I think we've talked about this before, but, like, yeah. I okay so I started practicing daily gratitude I don't write it down I'm way too lazy but I just wake up in the morning <laughs> and I like say three things that I'm grateful for like in the current moment and then mm -hmm. I do a bunch of other things but ever since I started practicing just daily gratitude this is outside of my closet mm -hmm. I noticed a huge huge shift this is for also just outside of my closet but like I noticed a huge shift in how I approach everything in life but even my closet like I remember mm -hmm. and it's like I'm you can be grateful for like the dumbest things like the birds the that I can hear birds outside my window this morning mm -hmm. like, this is fantastic sorry I swear I'm really allowed to swear on this sorry sorry we can um, swear I can bleep it swear normally I don't know God. um <laughs> maybe the f-bomb was too much 
I'll bleep it so it's family friendly. Okay. Um, but then I realized, like, the more and more I started doing this after, like, mm-hmm. even after a year, like, it took a while. I remember, like, you start opening up things, like, even your closet. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. my God. Like, I have, a, I have a closet full of clothes. Like, mm-hmm. this is amazing. Like, yeah. Wow. And I can imagine. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love that so much it's like oh instead of it saying I have a closet full of clothes and nothing to wear it's oh wow look at all look at all the clothes I had to wear yeah yeah I feel the same way with style affirmations that's something I've been getting a lot into because affirmations is something you can tell me more yeah, yeah, no, I mean, just like general, like affirmations, you can kind of translate them to anything, but even mm-hmm. to your wardrobe, like, you know, just like repeating to yourself that you're you're worthy of looking your best. Like, it's not dumb. It's not stupid to be mm-hmm. into style and fashion and wanting to, wanting pretty things and wanting to look pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's totally okay. And it, I think probably another way of, of practicing gratitude, but it's, it's definitely something that I've, I've noticed with myself that when I remind myself that I'm actually worthy and, you know, I'm allowed to feel confident with wearing a certain piece. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, it, it's, it's kind of sparks confidence somehow. Can you give us a few? What are some that you? Yeah. I mean, yourself? definitely like, you know, like just a, on top of my mind, like I can carry every outfit with confidence or just mm-hmm. I'm worthy of looking and feeling my best every day. Oh, um, or, I love my own sense of style. Like, don't let anyone tell you what you should or shouldn't wear. Like, that's something you need to figure out with yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another form of slow fashion, you know, really figuring out, like, what do you like wearing? What's your true personal style? Um, I think that's another way of of approaching it and, and making peace with with your wardrobe. And, like, making peace with that sort of constant want feeling, yeah. that distraction, yeah. I love that's, that. That's beautiful. I love the idea of affirmations, Sina. That's yeah, amazing. But I, but I love the the idea of, of practicing gratitude as well. I feel like that's something that I could definitely... I have to admit that I am more of a pessimist than an optimist. So it's like a habit that I really need to consciously, actively lean into. Mm. Um, because it's just like... For me, too, with the slow fashion conversation, I think it's been a struggle, too, with, like, how you talked about, Alyssa, that black and white thinking. And I think, for me, it was almost like a way perfectionism was coming through. Um, So for me to be a participant in the slow fashion, you know, movement, um, that version had to look what was, quote, unquote, perfect. So it's like, never buy anything new get rid of all my fast fashion. Um, Even like, even to a point where like thrifting was like not okay because it's like still a form of consumption in some way, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I think it's like really letting go of that, um, that idealized and categorical thinking of how, of what it needs to look like. Yeah. Cause you've got some for that, right? Like, I think you talked about that in a Instagram post. Me? Um, yeah yeah it it stops the conversation from moving forward this is like mm. what I said in my Instagram post like that black and white thinking it doesn't add value and it, it stops the conversation from moving forward it stops yeah. people from jumping into the conversation or even trying it because it makes you afraid yeah you can't win you, so you can't win because you mm. have to be perfect mm-hmm. so the 
the context for the Instagram post if people are curious and I guess we can post it or upload it or yeah we put it in the show notes in the show notes um we can it it was I mentioned uh silk pajamas and someone was like well this girl obviously knows nothing about slow fashion because she's using silk and silk isn't vegan and it's like okay so this person is of the mindset that if it's not vegan then it's not slow fashion or it's not sustainable so it's Mm -hmm. like this divide and I just think yeah and then I talked about it in an Instagram post about how there's just no value um in that thinking I just think too it's like for me, I really have a hard time with, yes, it's the black and white thinking, but it's also like, it's like a projection of like, moral, like it's a superiority. Yeah, like, are are, like, like, you're a bad person because you wear a silk shirt. Like, I just Mm -hmm. don't get the connection. But I feel like on the internet, it's just so easy to like, come to those conclusions. And it's just, I like how do you set like separating me buying this top or whatever it is from being a bad person I just like I don't you know what I mean like I don't know (laughs) Christina you are so you are so astute that's so interesting yeah that's like you know what I get how easily someone could make the connection because I I grew it's taken so much work for me to not equate, um, you know, making a bad decision or making a mistake or doing something with being a bad person. Like I still have to work actively to tell myself like, Alyssa, you're not a bad person because you did this. Yeah. And like, so I'm like the person on the internet judging me. So I just, you know, I love, I love hearing you say that, Christina, because it's a nice reminder that, like, where there is no connection. Mm-hmm. Making personal choices doesn't make you a bad person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So thank you. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, we're all doing our best with what mm-hmm. knowledge and resources we have right now, and that's like, so if you have to buy the shirt from Zara, like, you're not an. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think know. what what makes it problematic is when you have you know the means and the resources mm-hmm. to buy more mindfully, but you you're you, you know you're actively choosing not to. Like you're doing the buying the all the hauls with just complete disregard. Mm, yeah. I think that's where the slippery slope kind of happens so that's why I always feel like it's so good to bring it back to the to the mindset because it's it's so complex Mm. yeah but I feel like don't you guys feel like it the conversations definitely like moved from when you first started like when I started my channel in 2015 or 16 and I feel Mm -hmm. like people were more like picky back then whereas now I think more consumers are definitely realizing that there's not just one, like it definitely feels a lot more liberating today to talk about slow fashion because people, we all know more about it. We all know that, well, there's not just one way. Um, Avenue. It's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yes. If there's someone who is interested in being a more conscious consumer, slowing down their fashion, what is the first tip that you would give them? to get started I think like for me I have my different um consultation types I think it's really 
like one of the first things I always mention to my clients is like open your wardrobe and then I have like this um like this lifestyle like this pie chart like your life and then your wardrobe there has to be some sort of like a, a coherence between the two um I think that's the most important thing like you know we all like yeah I don't know it's it's you know it's not it's a shame having a wardrobe full of clothing that you never get to wear and just like keep keep on adding on to that so I think it's really important to figure out like kind of what your style is or what you need to have in your wardrobe and what you feel great about wearing um I think like finding your own personal style and having fun with that and finding peace with that is is like one of the most important first steps um yeah. because it's easy to say well you need to use what you have but you know to actually do that you need to have a wardrobe you feel content with so I think like one of the first tips or one of the first steps is to figure out well is my work current wardrobe actually working for me and what do I need to do to make it work if it isn't working Mm -hmm. um so it starts with what you have yeah it definitely starts with what you have yeah yeah what about you Alyssa I don't know it's such a tough question I feel like um the like daily gratitude is always a good one because it like just change it starts to like reprogram your brain a little bit if you Mm -hmm. do it every day but then same with Sina like you have to start in your closet and I think there's like two pieces I think the first is like for me I think you have to do it simultaneously you worded it so well Sina I don't know if I should even like try there is like open your wardrobe and find I always start with like elements of style like open your wardrobe and what is it that you like like really pinpoint like what are the colors that you wear all the time what are the silhouettes what are the fabrics and like can you just can you identify those elements Mm -hmm. and just start there wear them see how you feel in them Mm -hmm. and then try and build on like your style identity from there and then also reflect on your values. Like, what are your values as a consumer? Because mm-hmm. I think as soon as people start, like, oh my God, they enter this rabbit hole. Like, do I go vegan? Do I have to buy the, the the rubber shoes? And I have to buy the this. And it's like, no, no, no. A, like, you don't have to buy anything, like Sina was saying. But, like, figure out your values. Otherwise, you're just going to get lost and you're going to get frustrated with mm-hmm. everything and mm-hmm. be like, F it, I'm going to Zara. Yeah. But, like, no. Yeah. Like, is it longevity? Is it ethical manufacturing? Is it like buying local? Like you figure it out. No one's telling you what to do. You figure it out. Just mm-hmm. be mindful. Yeah. 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 Just having yeah, that awareness. Hmm. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with you guys both. I think it really just starts with what you have. And I think especially if you are prone or have a history of um, consuming more and just like trying to be more conscious of that. Like for me, when I first started, I had no idea what was in my wardrobe. I just knew it was bursting at the seams. And I didn't know even what I really liked or what I even really wanted out of my style. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, if you're wanting to address your shopping and bringing, bringing in less and starting to do that for me, like for me, it was taking that action and like getting up and being like, okay, what do I have? What do I like? Who am I? Like, who am I without mm-hmm. shopping? Who am I in my everyday? What do I want? Um, and that started with opening up my wardrobe and going through it. Because mm. you're also really, like, 
when you, for me, it's like starting with a declutter. When you pull that out, it's like you're faced with everything physically there. It's, you know, you have to go through this. I bought this, I spent money on this, but I never wore it. Why is that? And I think it just starts like this inner, um, this like inner journey and this inner self-reflection to like figure out who you are, what you like, and just own that. I feel like this was such a great discussion. And before we go, we thought it would be fun to end every podcast with something that one of us learned. And I, this is something that I learned a little while ago, but I thought it's interesting to share because it popped up in one of the comments of that post about black and white thinking, actually. And it was from um, from a, a subscriber who is also a psychologist. And she said uh, that black and for the brain, black and white thinking is so much easier. It's like the lazy mm-hmm. option. Whereas thinking of nuance and the gray, you have to use reasoning and you have to argue with yourself and you have to be more open-minded and it never maybe this is like not new to you guys or the way that thinking works but that I don't know that was news to me that like Mm -hmm. black and white thinking is easy is the easy option and that's why people tend to stick to that more often than actually dealing with the gray zone and the nuance it never occurred to me that makes sense like fight or or flight yes or no yes yes red and green like it's very the the uh the borders are are stark you know very defined um yeah but life is rarely like that clearly yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) so yeah yeah, so that was I don't know if you have any thoughts to add to that or we can end it there but I thought that was a really cool learning I think it's a perfect perfect um end note for the discussion Mm -hmm. yeah yeah exclamation point yeah i mean we don't want this to be a sort of one-sided conversation amongst us if you have any questions for us we would love to hear from you so you can please feel free to dm any one of us on instagram we'll leave all of that information in the show notes and we hope to hear from you because we want this to be a community-led podcast as well yes you guys are you guys are what what make us so we want to hear from you yeah absolutely all right thanks guys so we'll see you next week thanks for listening everyone thank you Bye. bye